Welcome back, doll faces. We're on episode five of the Pate Pod, the place where we unpack the magic, I say magic, of freelancing and transform your aspirations into a successful empire. It's your girl, Alising. Some call me Bali, some call me Bailey. And I'm here to guide you on your journey to freelancing freedom. Huge shout out to Lamisha Conley for DMing me after listening to the pod. You are part of my squad now. I told you. (laughs) Now, dolls, I know I was going to talk about attracting high-paying clients, but I have read your Instagram and Facebook DMs, and I've got something to say. Today, we're going to answer a burning question that um, many of you have asked, and that is, how do I get clients from Upwork with no experience? Yes, doll faces. We're about to delve into the, I call it enchanting, is that the right word, <laughs> world of Upwork. It's a platform that's been a game changer for many freelancers um, around the world. Now, even without experience, with the right strategies, and we're going to get sneaky in here, okay, you can officially begin your freelancing journey. Now, I've seen it happen, and today we're going to explore how you can make it happen for yourself. But... Before we begin, let's just take a moment to remember this mantra. With every challenge comes an opportunity. Repeat it to yourself. With every challenge comes an opportunity. Now, allow it to sink in. It is the mindset that separates um, the ordinary from the extraordinary. And it's the mindset that's going to carry you through your freelancing journey. And speaking of mindset, um, we're still going to have an amazing opportunity to hear the expertise of a mindset expert because it's simply not my wheelhouse, guys. Um, You you know me. I'm that girl that tells you to just wash your face and get up and go. Um, (laughs) But uh, you'll be supported, I promise you. Now, here's a short disclaimer before we get started. The stories that I'm about to share are real, right? But the names have been changed, so they might be a little silly. (laughs) bear with me. Some might be a little uncreative. Um, So let's get into it. The first key to cracking the code of Upwork, yes there's a code, is understanding the platform. Okay, Upwork isn't just a job board. Upwork isn't just a job board. It is a marketplace. So now I want you to start thinking What's a marketplace? In South Africa, we've got Take A Lot. Okay, Take A Lot is a marketplace. All around the world, we've got Amazon. Okay, Amazon is a marketplace. We've got AliExpress. Okay, AliExpress is a marketplace. We've got Alibaba. Alibaba is a marketplace. Okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And the difference between a marketplace and a job board is that a marketplace is where skills meet opportunities, whereas on Amazon, it's where products meet opportunities. On Take-A-Lot, it's where products meet opportunities. And you can get anything from these marketplaces, you know, from toothpaste to, I don't know, dental supplies, right? So (laughs) clients come to Upwork looking for problem solvers, okay? So when you say to me, oh, I can't, can't find a client, I don't know, I don't know what my niche is. My simple question to you is, what problem 
are you solving? So that's what you need to position yourself as, not just as a freelancer, but a solution provider, okay? With no experience, it can seem like freaking daunting, but just remember our mantra. So let's look at this as an opportunity, okay? You have the advantage of adaptability because you're new, you're new here. You don't know anybody. It's like you're a new kid in school. So you don't have any pre-existing habits. You don't have any pre-existing routines. So that means you can shape your freelancing style in response to the needs of the market. And the market, it is evolving. Whereas the veteran, we'll put it that way, I don't want to say old, but the veteran freelancers, um, they're set in their ways, trust me. So the first strategy I want you to employ is, I want you, I want you to begin to embrace your beginner status. Now, this might sound counterintuitive, because like, don't clients want experienced freelancers? Wouldn't that be your question? So the answer is yes and no. <laughs> yes, they want someone competent, but no, they don't always need someone with years of experience. So there's a certain freshness that comes with being a beginner. It's like you have a zest for learning. You know, I get DMs from people who are new and they're like, listen, I'm a mom of two and I really want to do this, but like, I have no idea where to start. I, I would love to learn. Um, hello. I love hearing people say I would love to learn because then I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to give you the tools. So a newbie freelancer has an, a certain openness to feedback that experienced freelancers might not always exhibit. So you can use this to your advantage. I want you from now on when you write a proposal, you have to make it clear that you're hungry, not for the not not for the project, you're hungry for the opportunity to learn and grow, right? So you can say, as you can see, it's obvious, it's the elephant in the room. I'm new to this platform, right? But I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. I'm not new to insert problem that you're gonna solve. And I would love the opportunity to learn and grow on this platform by helping you with XYZ. So even though you're talking about yourself and you're acknowledging, okay, look, I don't have experience, right? You're still making your proposal at the end of the day, client focused, okay? So here's an example. And here we go with the names. Let's consider the story of Mary, okay? Mary is a digital marketer, a newbie, right? Um, she's a newbie freelancer who landed her very first client on Upwork with this strategy. So in her proposal, she wrote, while I might not have years of experience on Upwork, I will bring to the table a fresh perspective. And then she used a word that I thought, go girl. She said, unbridled enthusiasm and a relentlessness to the commitment of learning and growing. I said, you get it, English. So she also highlighted relevant coursework and certifications that she had gathered in order to demonstrate her commitment to learning and also to the field that she was going to solve the problem for. So the client was actually impressed with her eagerness and her openness to learning, and she bagged her first job. So doll faces never underestimate the power of just raw passion and a willingness to learn. 
Next, I want you to become besties with the platform. Make sure you understand the platform that you're working on. Upwork, like any platform, has its own mechanics, right? It has its own rules besides the terms of service, besides the terms of use. So you have to understand that these can set you apart from the crowd of freelancers. Now, for instance, Charlie, also not his name, um, had a background in uh, academic writing. And he decided to offer his services on Upwork, right? So instead of jumping right into it, Charlie did the smart thing. He spent his very first week just exploring Upwork. So he stuck number one, and that's something I always tell people who are fresh to our PSSs or our proposal sending sessions. Every night at 8 p.m., every night at 8 p.m. for free 99, as in for free, you pay nothing, uh, on Thursday evenings and Friday evenings, same time, 8 p.m. or 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, so here's what Charlie did. He studied successful profile in his niche. He studied successful profiles of people who were solving the same problem that he wanted to solve, right? He reviewed the job postings to understand what the clients were looking for. And then he went ahead and familiarized himself with the terms and conditions of the platform. How many of y'all know the terms of use? How many of y'all know the terms of service? Because some of the questions you guys ask me, I'm like, if you knew how the platform worked, you would not be asking me this question. So this step made him understand the dynamics of Upwork. So when he started bidding for projects, he was already ahead of many of the other new freelancers who had skipped that step. Now, similar to Charlie, also not her name, Olivia, a digital artist, she spent a considerable amount of time understanding how successful freelancers presented their portfolios, in her case, on Upwork. So she noticed the trend of interactive presentations and compelling storytelling around each art piece. So she used these insights to create her own unique portfolio that attracted her first client, even though she was new to the platform. And one of my personal favorite stories is of Andrew, a web developer. So he noticed that many clients were asking for certain software skills that weren't mentioned in his original um, skill set on his uh, profile. So he identified this gap and he quickly brushed up his knowledge on that particular skill and he added it to his profile, which gave him an edge and helped him land his first job. The next thing I want to talk about is that darn profile again. Yes, <laughs> your profile is your first impression on potential clients, so you have to make it impressive. Here's how you can do that. I know we talked about the profile, the profile, the profile in previous episodes. Um, I want you guys to think about the story of Lily. Um, I have a love and hate relationship with that name, but it's what I could think of at the time. Um, Lily is a freelance copywriter. Now, despite being new to Upwork, she spent days refining her profile and she became crystal clear what her offerings were. She also used a conversational tone in her bio so that she could engage potential clients. Now, notice I say clients, I don't say buyer. Here's something else that I want you to know between the difference between Upwork and another platform like Fiverr. On Upwork, I want you to think more of yourself as a professional, right? You are a, an, 
uh, a consultant. You are, you're a professional. Whereas on Fiverr, you are a shop owner and people are buyers. Do not mix up the lingo. The minute you call an Upwork client a buyer, it's very off-putting for them because it means, again, you did not do your homework to understand the platform and the platform dynamics. Okay, so that was just my little riff there. Um, but let's back to Lily. So what Lily did after using that conversational tone in her bio um, in order to engage her potential clients, not buyers, <laughs> she strategically placed keywords that the clients often search for, which made her profile more discoverable. Now, if you have not to this day watched my YouTube video on how to write a an optimized profile using storytelling, please just go to my YouTube channel, search Baliseng Upwork Profile, and you will see the video. And don't follow the words I use bar for bar. Let it be an inspiration to you. Um, figure out what your tone is, what your story is. Um, if you want to, you can even go so far as to look at that bio. My bio has since changed. Do not copy that one. It's really not going to work for your industry. But go and look at that, that particular bio um, that's in that YouTube video. If you want to, you can screenshot it and then use a um, image to text generator and paste it inside GPT and ask GPT to analyze my bio, you see? Um, and then ask GPT to tell you what are the elements of this bio that makes it powerful. Then tell GPT your story and then tell GPT your problem that you're solving and then tell GPT your keywords. And that'll be so much better than copy pasting my bio, worse yet, just asking GPT to write you the bio. Okay, so there's a life hack for you. Um, and that's a piece of get paid now that I probably shouldn't have given away for free, but I always do stuff like that. So once Lily had made her uh, profile more discoverable, she grabbed her first gig within the very first week. So another powerful profile story is of Alex. And Alex is a graphic designer. Um, he didn't have any job history on Upwork, but he had a really rich portfolio offline. Um, so instead of simply mentioning that he's experienced, he provided a link to his online portfolio that showcased all his previous work. So this visible proof of his talent brought him his first client on the platform. Now talking about portfolios, let's not forget Bella. She's a UX UI designer. Now, even before bidding for jobs, she created sample projects to demonstrate her design approach and skills. She worked on these projects as if they were real assignments, detailing each step from the user research to final designs. So this in-depth portfolio helped her earn trust from her clients and land a very first job. And then comes the proposal. Okay, so this one kicks a lot of butts. <laughs> your proposal is your sales pitch. It needs to convince potential clients why you're the best fit for the project. So take the leaf out of Brian's book. So Brian's a software developer and he made sure to start his proposal by addressing the client's needs. Now I do have a proposal sending framework that I teach you guys during our PSSs or our proposal sending sessions on um, Thursdays and Fridays. But I'm just gonna show you how Brian did it. So in his proposal, he addressed the client's needs. Um, he 
showed that he had read and understood the job requirements. How many times have I said clients want you to know for sure that you have read and understood their project requirements? So basically, Brian detailed how he would approach the project and solve the client's problems. Sound familiar, guys? Which made his proposal client-centric and not a blatant self-promotion. So this strategy helped Brian to get his first project even without prior Upwork experience. Now, in contrast, Emily, who's a content strategist, adopted a very different approach. So Emily used her proposal to tell a story. So she would relate the client's project to a previous project she worked on offline (laughs) to tell a story of how she overcame challenges and delivered results. So this narrative made her proposals engaging and they helped her stand out from other freelancers. And then there's David. Now, um, David is a digital marketer and he took a very bold approach by offering a mini audit of the client's current marketing strategy in his proposal. So this proactive step showed his expertise and his dedication, which earned him his very first gig on Upwork. So absolutely doll faces, buckle up. We are about to venture into the heart of this journey. So if you thought social media was only for selfies and updates about your breakfast, think again. The power of social media in positioning yourself as an authority in your field and bringing your clients to Upwork is immense. So let's look at um, Kate. Kate is a content writer who loves her Twitter. She used this love for her um, to her advantage, excuse me. So while she was a newbie on Upwork, she had been actively tweeting about content marketing trends and sharing her insights and engaging with other writers and potential clients on Twitter. Um, and when she started working on Upwork, she linked her Twitter account on her profile, providing a window into her expertise for potential clients. So this helped her bag her first gig within, guys, two weeks of signing up on Upwork. I mean, she had a little extra help, you know, yours truly, but that was incredible. Now, on the other hand, and these are real stories, people, like if you come to our PSSs, there's Bongani, there's Pearl, there's so many people who can tell you, I literally just joined this group um, last week and I'm getting my first client today. So just come through, you'll see, these are not made up stories, these are real people. So on the other hand, there is Michael, we'll call him. He's a tech enthusiast and an app developer who prefers YouTube, Michael's my dude, to express his thoughts. Now he started a small YouTube channel where he discussed new tech trends, um, app development tricks, and he also reviewed apps. So when he linked his channel on his Upwork profile, Clients were really impressed with his knowledge and proactive nature, which made it easier for him to secure his very first project when he decided to go on Upwork. In a similar vein is Jessica. Jessica is a digital marketing strategist with an affinity for Instagram. Hey Jess. She used her account to share bite-sized marketing tips. She shared case studies. um, And even she, uh, she also shared client testimonies for projects that she worked on offline. Um, She linked her Instagram account on her Upwork profile. It worked as a testament to her skills and it helped her attract her first Upwork client. 
And when I say attract, please don't think that um, Jessica was not being proactive. She was sending proposals. It's just the fact that she took this strategy really, really boosted her. And another one that a lot of people don't think about is Upwork's community forums. Um, so community forums are a treasure trove of advice, tips, job ideas, and listen to this part, client insights. Uh -huh, got you thinking now, right? So these forums are an excellent platform for networking with fellow freelancers and even clients. So let's take, for instance, Simon. Simon is a free, freelance consultant in corporate law. Um, Simon was active on Upwork's forums and he was answering legal uh, questions, but, you, you know, giving the disclaimer that this is just my opinion. He was offering advice, again, disclaimer, and sharing his insights on various topics. So his active participation not only established him as an expert, but it also led to his first client who was super impressed with his knowledge and reached out to him for a project. So this was a very unorthodox method that Simon used. Same thing with Sarah. Sarah was a newbie in digital marketing strategy and she found her first client through a forum discussion. Now, I didn't say in Upwork's community, I said a forum discussion. She had shared a detailed post on crafting a successful digital marketing plan. This post track caught the attention of a potential client who just so happened to be on the forum. And that client was actually looking for that kind of expertise. So the forum already existed with a crap ton of um, users. So she didn't really have to make the audience herself. It was already built into the system. And all she had to do was just share value. And someone said, hey, let's work together. And she was like, cool, here's my Upwork, right? So oh, let's take a breather. That was a lot to take in. I hope the cogs in your head are turning. And remember, if I'm sharing all of this for free, can you imagine what the paid squad is going to be like? Which I'm so excited to say we are eight days away from doors officially opening. I mean, when you see anyway. So, okay, doll faces, let's um, take this conversation up a notch and discuss some out of the box strategies. So buckle up because we're about to steer off the beaten path even more. But don't worry, we all drive Quattro in this house. Okay, so first up, we have a little number that I like to call the LinkedIn loophole. Again, here's a taste of Get Paid Now. Don't limit yourself to finding clients on Upwork, right? We saw with the community and the forum and all of that. There's also an interconnected web of opportunities out there, and LinkedIn is a prime spot. Now, take for instance Jasmine, right? She's also a digital marketer and she had no experience on Upwork. So she connected with potential clients on LinkedIn. Now, okay, full, you know, full uh, transparency here. LinkedIn is a slow burn. It's not a, hey, hire me, hey, hire me type of platform. You genuinely have to form relationships. But do it, if it's done right, if you do it right, it can lead to so many opportunities. So that's what happened with um, Jasmine. Right? So she connected with people in industries that she was really interested in. And she basically inter interacted, engaged with their content, asked questions in their comment section, shared content 
about the industry from her standpoint as the problem that she was going to solve and that w- what that did was that it basically allowed her to be contacted by her ideal clients which would allow her to direct them to her upward profile for hiring and so by doing this she leveraged her linkedin network while still getting hired on upwork because of course like i said linkedin is a slow burn whereas upwork um is more hot leads people want to hire now so by doing both it's just super clever think about it inside get paid now i will show you how to do it properly without being creepy um but yeah you can leverage your linkedin network while still getting hired on upwork which will enhance your uh, reputation on upwork because remember unlike a uh, fiver or people per hour or chatel or any of the other platforms that just can't be i mean it's the biggest one it's the biggest marketplace see we don't say job border on here it's the biggest marketplace in the world for, for a reason um and reputation is the biggest thing for a freelancer on upwork so next we have george george um he's a corporate law consultant so he published industry related articles on linkedin see just like jasmine and he subtly referenced this is different unlike unlike uh, jasmine george subtly referenced his upwork profile he didn't um spam it was usually like a cta at the end of whatever piece of um content he was putting out so this clever little strategy led potential clients straight to his upwork profile and they hired him for his in-depth understanding of his industry okay and then there was um priya and priya should i just say it no i won't say her name priya was a freelance graphic designer she regularly posted her design work on linkedin um and she directed interested viewers to her upwork profile for project inquiries so this approach worked like a charm and she pulled her very first clients um from uh upwork to upwork from linkedin excuse me now that's okay if linkedin is not your stilo don't worry there's still mad alternatives out there so um back to the community idea think about the problem that you want to solve okay and i want you to start thinking about participating in industry forums and online communities it's unconventional i know but i want you to participate in forums and communities dedicated to the industry of the problem you want to solve right because this could be another highly effective strategy for you so let me tell you about victor Victor is a freelance web developer. Victor was a super user. <laughs> he was a very active member of um a web developers forum where he regularly helped others with their coding issues. So he suddenly mentioned his Upwork profile in his forum signature and that caught the attention of a forum member who then hired Victor for a project on Upwork. Um and I can think of like a plethora of forums that you can all you know before Twitter uh yeah 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 during Tumblr there was also a forum called for us ladies please don't kill me lipstick alley and on lipstick alley you could share all kinds of information they had um 
what they called CEO Alley or Business Alley. I can't remember. But here you would share business tips with one another. I remember one lady posted her Shopify store and sold out because the community bought from her. Like sold it out and all she was selling was silk scarves. Like people like I'm going to use this as a headscarf. Others like I'm going to accessorize with it. Whatever the case may be. Now what she was selling was not to my taste. But that should show you the power of community. So in Victor's case, he put his Upwork profile in his signature, and that caught the attention of a forum member who then hired him. Um, but then in Amelia's case, um, Amelia was a digital marketing strategist. So she was an active contributor to a marketing subreddit, and she offered valuable insights and advice. And she occasionally, occasionally mentioned her work um, and how she would like to do this work on Upwork because she doesn't want to deal with having to constantly receive payments via PayPal because it was a bit of a headache and she thought, you know, Upwork would be a cool workaround that, but like she was blah, 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 but still offering um, valuable insights and advice. So as you can, as you do, as you can, um, you can click on someone on Reddit and kind of view their post history. And so when somebody um, who happened to be a startup founder caught the attention of like, Amelia caught their attention, um, he was just browsing this particular subreddit. And then he DM'd Amelia on Reddit and that led to Amelia's very first Upwork project. How smart is that? Okay, so another strategy that you can think about is offering a small sample whoa don't let the alarm bells ring now i know sample red flag right but you can offer a small sample of your work um, for free it might sound counterintuitive but it's a super bold strategy that can work off or a payoff i've done this before for back in the day when i was still doing like copywriting i did this for one of the biggest i don't i don't necessarily need their products but you know like one of the biggest um, wig at the time wig stores um, it kind of made somebody go viral for mixing Brazilian and Peruvian uh, hair weave if you are old if you're an OG YouTube uh, user especially in the makeup and beauty and hair community then you'd probably know who Jenny Jenkins is and huge store that's all I'm gonna say um, but anyway I digress I actually gave them a sample of the style of copy I would write for um, a hair care product, not for hair weave. Now remember, when you give a sample, it has to be completely unusable to the client. So Nadia, a freelance content writer, offered to write a short piece for a bunch of clients, like a, a bunch of people off of Upwork for free so that she could collect that stuff for her portfolio. Um, in my case, I just basically wrote something that would be unusable to the client, but demonstrated my ability. And so, and that was the sample. So her high quality work, I'm talking about Nadia, kind of spoke for itself and it led her to being able to demonstrate her abilities to a new prospective client on Upwork. So by doing this, Nadia finessed herself into a long-term contract with her first Upwork client. So sitting back, and you see all these strategies, you could even use them all together, right? But sitting back now and thinking about it, you can see that it is very possible for you to land your very first 
upward climb, you know? Okay, let's now turn our attention to some strategies that require a keen eye for opportunity and bold approach doll faces. Now, instead of offering just one service, how about trying to synergize your skills into a unique offering? Now, consider how this used to be my best friend in high school, so I'm really happy about this name, Lisa. Okay, so Lisa is a professional editor. And so what Lisa did was she merged her love for digital marketing into her services, right? So she started offering SEO optimized editing services on Upwork. And so this combination was super rare and it resulted in her bagging her first project despite being new in Upwork. It's not just about how um, she synergized her editing services with SEO. It's the fact that um, she was sending optimized proposals as well. So it's all, all the strategies I'm about to give you still work with the best practices that I've taught you up until now. It's just, let's get you paid, honey. Um, Michael, on the other hand, combined his knowledge of corporate law with his passion for creative writing. And so he offered legal document drafting services on the platform. So this unusual blend of skills drew attention and it quickly secured him his first client caveat of course the proposal was interesting enough so now let's move on to a tactic that is um not used a lot and i'm just like why not video proposals guys submitting a video proposal instead of a conventional written one can set you apart this strategy shows your commitment and gives potential clients a glimpse of your personality for instance, let's say Aiden is a freelance social media strategist and he began recording video proposals, introducing himself, briefly explaining his ideas for the client's specific project, how he would solve the problem, and his approach was met with a pretty positive response and he landed his first client, his first client. All because why Aiden did not really understand how Upwork worked or how the... That is a good thing, not understanding what the heck you're doing or coming there with a clean slate you should be understanding what you're doing you should at least know how the, the platform works but because he came with a fresh out of the box perspective he did that and he landed his first client and this client hired him specifically because they appreciated his innovative and personal approach then there's danielle a digital artist who also turned to video proposals. Now she explained her creative process and she showcased some of her work in the background. So this creative and personal touch won over her very first client. So let that simmer and then let's get ready for the next strategy. So this one, this one comes with caveats. It's caution, right? Be careful when you use the strategy but be one of the first people to send a proposal. So clients are likely to notice and consider the first few proposals they receive if the proposals are good. So let's take Emily's, for example. She's an expi um, expiring, this word kicks my butt every time. She's an aspiring freelance SEO consultant. And she made it a point to regularly check Upwork for new job postings related to her field. Now, her quick response 
led to her landing her first gig as her proposal was among the first that the client reviewed. Now, I do say this one with a caveat, right? If you're early and then you boost, really, really take your time to write your proposal. Put some thought into it. Because if you don't, and I've, I've read it from the client's side as well. If you don't, what ends up happening is that the client assumes that you used ChatGPT and then completely ignores your proposal. So don't focus so much on speed. Focus on, yes, the quantitative aspect, but also the qualitative aspect. Make sure the proposal still ensures that you demonstrate that you have read and understood what the client needs or what the, the problem they need solved is, okay? Now, if you don't, what ends up happening, of course, is that the client rejects it because they like used AI. Or worse yet, guys, the client might look at it and doesn't bother to initiate a conversation with you. So this one will leave you feeling confused about whether your proposal actually did its job or not because we can see clients viewed our proposals. So we're probably asking ourselves, okay, this person went through the trouble of reading my proposal. Why haven't they hired me? And you won't understand whether it's the proposal itself, it's something you said in the proposal. You will just not understand. So, you know, just take it easy, take it slow, make sure you answer every single line that's been requested of you. Okay. All faces, I know we've covered a lot of ground today and I'm actually thinking in the future I'm going to keep my uh, keep these episodes to around 25 to 30 minutes instead of like going crazy. Um, I'm really proud of you guys for sticking with me so far. Let's just check the time. We're doing good time. Um, the freelancing journey might not always be easy, but I want you guys to really trust me. It's worth every single minute of the effort that you put in. So next, let's talk about tapping into what I call the hidden gems of Upwork. So many freelancers aren't aware of this, but Upwork hosts forums and community threads where clients often post requests for skills that they can't easily find. So uh, a client can post about needing someone who can translate a very specific and obscure language or a developer that's proficient in an uncommon um, programming language. Now, if you go, okay, wh what are these forums? Don't worry about it. What they do is they post in there and Upwork contacts them and says, hey, if you pay a certain amount, you can make this job a feature job. And that's how it's done. And so when you see these posts and if you have the skills, immediately apply to them. The scarcity of these skills will give you an leverage, an advantage, right? Because it's not your usual run of the mill project and this is not your usual one of the mill advice but i want you to remember doll faces we're looking to outwit and outperform okay this is survivor now let's look at three unconventional examples of this jane is an accomplished sound engineer and she found her niche in creating soundscapes for virtual reality games which is a skill that not many people have then there's raj raj is a programmer who is skilled in a lesser known language of r i know Raj R. How original. And he found a gold mine in the data science projects that needed our expertise. And then, of course, there's Maria, a graphics designer. Uh, not, not you, Maria, don't worry, <laughs> who specialized in creating vintage style posters. Her work caught the eye of a vintage store owner 
who was looking for authentic designs. So finally, we are going to move on to another unexplored strategy. Forming strategic partnerships with other freelancers. Now, if you've participated in um, Make $1,000 or more in less than a week on Upwork, that challenge, um, you would probably know this one about forming strategic partnerships. But if you haven't, I can kind of hear some of you, especially if you're new to the community, wondering, but Palisang, isn't that just extra competition? Hear me out, doll faces, because I know some of y'all like to tussle. Freelancing isn't a zero-sum game. When you partner with freelancers with complementary skills, you can offer comprehensive solutions to clients and bid for larger, more complex projects to get there. Okay, so for example, a content writer could team up with a web developer and a graphics designer to provide a complete website creation service. Now, y'all don't need to go ahead and like create an agency or anything silly like that for additional admin. All you do is whoever one of all y'all is the best one at getting the proposal or getting the project just says to the client, hey, can I rope in the freelancers I have in my network? And then you invite them to the conversation. You invite them to the room. And now the client has a suite of services. They didn't have to look. And you look, you look impressive. Okay. So basically, uh, if a web developer, a graphic designer, and a content writer come together, they can create a full-fledged digital marketing package. You get the idea, right? So I'm going to illustrate it again. We're going to look at three success stories. First, we have the team of Anna, she's a coder, and Lucy, she's a UX designer. They partnered to offer a complete web design solution. So their combined skills landed them a project with a multinational corporation for a full website revamp. Then there's the team of Ahmed, who's a videographer, Ella, a social media strategist, and both of them combined forces to secure a contract with a rising fashion brand that was looking to boost their online presence. And last, but certainly not least, there's Peter. And Peter is a content writer, and June is a graphic designer. Uh, and June was the one who landed a deal with a startup that needed to develop their entire branding and content strategy from scratch, so June roped in Peter. And that, my dear doll faces, brings us to the end of this deep dive into finding your first client on Upwork with zero experience. But remember, the journey doesn't stop here. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And success comes to those who persevere. I'm always here for you, every step of the way, cheering you on to greatness. So until next time, doll faces, this is Balisin signing off. If you're still here with me, I'd like to offer you a word from the Bible and a prayer, if you'll let me. Now, at this time and place, especially in my life, one passage that comes to mind is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And this same God, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So... To me, this verse encourages us that even in the face of adversity, when our well-laid plans haven't panned out and when our self-assured competence appears to have led us astray, child, we shouldn't still remember. We should, how do I put this? We should still remember 
that our hope is not rooted in our capabilities. Our hope is not rooted in our intelligence. Okay? Our hope has to reside firmly in God who promises to provide us not not just um, minimally but from his abundance hence the glorious riches so whenever you find yourself on the brink of losing hope feeling like the odds are stacked against you i want you to remember this promise it's it's not about how you how smart you are um, how much experience you have or even how hard you work it's about trusting that god who has unlimited resources will provide for you therefore Let's not waste our energy magnifying our problems, but instead, let's magnify our God. Tell your problems about God. Remind them that they're up against a God who is infinitely richer than the wealthiest of prime ministers, because <laughs> we can't even say the wealthiest of kings, and more powerful than the mightiest forces, and yet intimately concerned with your needs. Stand firm, knowing that God has your back. He's in your corner, and he's committed to your success. And as, your, as you journey through the freelance world, or really any sphere of life, remember to stay strong in him, in him. Keep pushing forward and continue striving, because he is our ultimate provider and source of strength. Thank you for lending me your Stuff.